Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know what? Someone once said, games like this are like bubble gum. You chew them for a little bit and you spit them out. Uh... That's kind of what I'm doing, so I'm moving on. I, don't, I have no comments about last week because it's got bubble gum that's been spit out. Uh, bad passes, uh, inaccurate, um, underthrown passes. That's all I've seen now. Bad reads. I look like a rookie. Yesterday I watched film, watched the game, and like I said, it was, it was a horrible game. And, you know, start when I get back out here and practice and give my guys, get my chemistry back and just hit the ground running like I'm supposed to. The two quarterbacks will be facing off on Sunday. Ben Roethlisberger wanting to spit out some nasty old bubble gum, and Lamar Jackson willing to acknowledge I love had a bad game. I, I love I, it. I like it too. Yeah. I, we're we're going to talk about a different quarterback coming up, and we're yeah. going to contrast Lamar with the other quarterback that he just most recently played. But for now, let's focus on this Ravens-Steelers yeah. matchup. As I mentioned earlier in the week, the Ravens are favored in Pittsburgh for the first time ever against Ben Roethlisberger. They're... Uh, was a, a an item at PFT earlier this morning about how practice was very intense yesterday. The pads were popping in Pittsburgh. So whatever Mike Tomlin did on Tuesday, remember we were trying to yeah. psychoanalyze uh-huh. yesterday what uh-huh. he's trying to do, and he went with the, you've changed. You've hurt me. I'm disappointed. Right. And it apparently worked. So they're ratcheting up the pressure as they get ready to play the Baltimore Ravens. You know, they they played them three times without Roethlisberger quarterback with backups on the field. And they only lost by three points each time, twice in overtime. Yeah. So I, the, the, this is one where you throw out what you think you know about the teams. They are going to spend three hours beating the crap out of each other. And Mike Tomlin's doing what he can to get his guys in the right mindset. And it may be working. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they're, they'll be in the right mindset. I just don't know if they got the right guys to really get it done. That That's really the, the big question, you know, at least on my end. Uh, I just there's there's limited resources there on the defensive side of the ball right now. You know, I I know I talked we talked about it on Tuesday, but it's like, okay, T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, Highsmith's a good player. After that, you get into a lot of I, I just think, you know, not there's no other standout player on the team. There's not. And as we talked about, there's not a lot of depth on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, the defense 
absolutely got whooped last week against the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, whooped. And they've been getting whooped a lot. You know, and it's just there's there's only so much Cam Hayward and Minka Fitzpatrick and a TJ Watt can do. They can't cover all the other eight holes in the run game and, you know, cover people downfield in the pass game. So they're compromised there. Now they're catching the good thing for the defense of Pittsburgh is they're catching Baltimore and their offense a little bit in a moment where, you know, they've been struggling the last few weeks. You know, Baltimore, the, the before their bye week, it was more the offense kind of carrying the team and the defense was lagging ever since the bye and maybe one big run from Dalvin Cook and a big pass from Kirk Cousins. The defense has been very good and the offense has really started to struggle. Um, so that'll be an interesting matchup. Like you said, you can kind of throw records out the window right now, but I just don't see it from Pittsburgh. I don't. And even though they kind of match up with Baltimore, um, I, I just I, I just don't think there's enough firepower right there right now, and I don't expect like Baltimore's defense can stop the run. So I don't think we're going to see Najee Harris and company, you know, really dominate in the day. And now what? We're going to rely on big men in the passing game, and we know how that goes. I, it, it's not going to be good enough. I can just tell you right now. I don't see it happening. I don't, and uh, I expect Baltimore to win this football game. Yeah, I mean, the only chance for the Steelers is the formula that we've seen from time to time this year where all three phases come together, yeah, the defense right. clamps down, special teams make something happen. But T.J. Watt on the COVID reserve list, if they had T.J. Watt, I'd feel differently. I'm, I'm really trying to coax myself to pick – pick the Steelers for this one but I'm I'm agreeing with you and, and what we'll be doing don't don't do it here we'll just later. pick this one right now don't do it don't be don't be uh, don't you want to try to catch me I don't do want to try to but I'm also close that friend. 10 game Fine. gap you're right the hell with it go with your pasta and meatballs right. gut go go with Pittsburgh <laughs> I think I, I what I'll do is I'll hedge enough that if I take the Ravens and the Steelers win I can say see see I should have listened to my gut <laughs> right if, if right somehow the Steelers win the game uh, the Cleveland Browns are off this week. Andrew Barry, the general manager of the team, was available to the media yesterday. Here's what he had to say about the expectations that the Browns have down the stretch for their fourth-year quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I, you know, I think we all know that that, that Baker is incredibly, um, you know, incredibly physically tough. Yeah, you know, I think he'll, you know, he's told you guys. You know, at moments of the year where he's been frustrated with this, you know, with his with his own performance. You know, that being said, you know, he has had had stretches, um, you know, this year where you know we has played has played well for us. Um, and look, you know, the reality is like he's he's worked through injuries no different than you know other players on our roster. Um, you know, but I know you know he expects of himself, and we expect you know him. Um, you know, whenever he's on the field to perform at a at a capably you know, capable level at a winning level. Um, and, and we expect him to play his best football down the stretch here after the bye. That, that comment, as I said last night on PFTPM, had everything but the or else. Because it's kind of implied in there. Hey, we expect this is what we expect. Because the background is he's up for a new contract. There have been no real negotiations yet. There's a vague belief that whatever the Browns are willing to offer is going to be far less than what Mayfield is going to want. The rubber is going to meet the road at some point in the offseason. They expect to see him play well, and obviously how he plays or doesn't play down the stretch, injured or not, they're going to expect to see a guy who's playing at a high level. And if he, if he doesn't, hey, this may be their best opportunity to start thinking about where else they could go 
to get them over the hump because this is a team that's got all the pieces in place. All that's missing is a high-end quarterback who's playing at a high level. They may have a high-end quarterback, but he's not playing at a high level. And at some point, if you don't play at a high level long enough, you're not a high-end quarterback, Chris. Well, I, yeah, I, I, you're, I get what you're saying there. I get what you're saying. There's no doubt. Now, listen, I, I'm like, I'm like, we don't have to give him a new contract. He's got a fifth-year option. Give him the damn money and let's wait another year. What the hell? Like, why did the NFL and NFL media all get into like, we got to give him a contract now? Like, screw that. He's the top pick of the draft. He's made good money. The fifth-year option is going to be really good money. You don't need to do anything else. You can let it out and acquire more data and more information and see where it goes from there. You know, And then you get maybe through halfway through next year and you're finally sold. Okay, re-up him and let's go. Um, Baker has not been his best. We know that. He's tough. He does provide you know, a spark and a leadership and has presence out on a football field. There are that, that aspect. You know, he does have a talented arm. At times he can, I don't know, for whatever reason, he reaches back for more like he's insecure about it, like he's got to throw it 140 miles per hour instead of just 100. So that's an issue. But, like, hey, I know there's been some missed throws and all this. But, you know, he can't block Matt Judon, and he can't get the receivers open, and the receivers aren't that good. They're just not. And now Anthony Schwartz, who's not been in there, is the only guy that's a speed guy. Right, So, Mike, you've heard me say this. They're a running football team, and when their pass game has to stand alone, it's underwhelming. The Minnesota pass game was underwhelming when Stefanski was there. It's not one of his strengths. It's as basic bull crap as I can say, tell you. And their their drop-back pass game is John Gruden's first week of installation in, in, in uh, training camp, you know, for my money. It's, it's, a, it's a week one, week two installation drop-back pass game. So they're not going to be able to just rely on that if the run game's not working. They're built. They got $90 zillion on the offensive line. They got to run the ball and be good that way. Yeah, he's going through a tough spot. But I don't look at, like, last week's loss to the Ravens, you know, the New England Patriot loss. I don't look at it and go, oh, it's Baker. Now, listen, the Lions game and that being underwhelming, that is one I'll look at and go, yeah, he missed a handful of throws in that game that – he should hit always, but there's more issues than him, and that's where I'll defend Baker a little bit, but yes, I, either way, it's, it's an important stretch here after the bye week to see what he can do and if, if he can right the ship and if they can help him a little bit. That's, they got to help him too. It can't just be him carrying the passing offense and making high-level throws. I almost feel like you're starting to say you were wrong to say you were wrong about saying Kevin Stefanski yeah. was the wrong hire. Uh, well, I mean, I, I have you're, my – the, yeah. the pendulum is swinging back the other way. It, it, it is a little bit. I, I do feel that way. I, I feel like, you know, the things that I was concerned about with Stefanski are starting to rear its ugly head here. And if they can't stay on the cutting edge of the run game and improve that aspect, I think you see there's major flaws there. There's major and, you know, again, there's, there's, no, there's no receiver. See, I, I also will say this. Odell still had an effect on that offense. Even though he wasn't getting the ball, people were still scared of Odell. And it did help out some aspects. And it helped out some of the other receivers. And you're seeing now, like, Jarvis Landry can't separate. That's not who he is. He's, ne he's never been able to separate. He needs a play action or the ball in his hands with a screen and something short, and then he can make people miss. But he doesn't separate. Donovan Peoples-Jones doesn't separate. Like I talked about, Anthony Schwartz is their speed guy, and he's banged up. 
So they got that issue. And the, yes, so I guess I'm, I'm starting to worry that, yes, I was right from the get-go. And maybe I shouldn't have self-corrected and said I was wrong because I'm feeling like I might be right here. But I'll wait to the end of the year in the last five games and, and evaluate a little bit more. It's on the Browns to have worked it out with Odo Beckham Jr. That's on the Browns. Yes. Not incorporating him into the offense. Not doing the things that Kevin Stefanski did against the Cowboys week four of last year when you put him in the backfield and you have a gadget play where Jarvis Landry is good friend throws him a touchdown pass or you get him a jet sweep exactly you, just, you get him involved they weren't doing that and then when you throw on top of it Baker Mayfield for whatever reason wasn't throwing it to him when he was open they weren't connecting was it deliberate was it inadvertent I don't know I'm sure there was plenty going on behind the scenes that we don't know about but you know as it gets back to the contract Chris the point is this the Browns need to figure out what the hell they're going to do are they going to keep this guy or are they going to move on to somebody else? And yeah. I think that's what these next five games for the Browns will be about. Again, they're off this week. They've got five games left. They're six and six. Whichever way this goes is going to be a long way toward the Browns, whether it's short-term or long-term, making the decision on Mayfield. And if it's long-term, you just move on and you find somebody else and you, and you see if you can trade him to the Lions. Because I'm telling you, this guy's mindset, this guy's mentality is perfectly suited for what Chris Spielman's looking for in Detroit right now. And I say Chris Spielman because I think at the end of the day, Spielman's the guy who's got a lot more juice and is shaping that team year by year for as long as he's permitted to do it in his image. And Baker Mayfield is basically Chris Spielman, the quarterback right now with the attitude and the mindset. Now there's a maturity issue. That, that Mayfield needs to address, but maybe Chris Spielman thinks he's the guy who can do it. He's the guy who can get Baker to properly channel that attitude that can come off as petulance at times, make it toughness and grit and determination and a chip on your shoulder, a quiet chip on your shoulder, not that kind of in-your-face stuff that we saw last week when he skipped out on his media obligation and then blamed the fans for booing him and he you know, just it, it was rubbing people the wrong way yeah, so um, me. and the contrast to go back to the beginning of the segment yeah look at how lamar jackson owned it when he uh, stunk. isn't that amazing that's you're right tied together Ma- baker mayfield stunk and he didn't own it yeah i mean he stunk and won and didn't own it lamar jackson stunk and won and owned it a hundred percent no there's no doubt and and there's guys in the locker room that probably noticed that in cleveland and there's definitely guys in baltimore that notice it and love it just absolutely love it, you know, because like you said, stunk and won, but still made a few plays and got it done. And okay, yeah, you know, the team saved Lamar for the first time this year. Okay, great. I mean, he'd been saving them all year long. So damn, he they he had some you know cash in the bank. But I, that's what I do love about Lamar. He he always puts himself at first. He checks. He looks in the mirror first. And uh, it, there's a lot to uh, respect about that. I love Lamar Jackson. I really do. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, lots of crazy college news this week. What's the craziest coaching move we've ever seen? We'll do that, plus other fill-in-the-blank topics when PFT Live continues right after this. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Go for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris... Anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? In Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. What was your reaction when you heard about Oklahoma supposedly going after Cliff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, nah, I mean, I... I I know Cliff. I don't. I don't really buy into it. I don't. If I'm him, I, you know, I, I think he's got a pretty good job right now. So, be careful, Kyler. You're the Oklahoma quarterback. Don't get those Oklahoma alums upset with you. They need a good coach now that Lincoln Riley is gone. But uh, who knows with Cliff Kingsbury? Because he didn't slam the door on it. Man. He didn't do the angry exit like Mike Tomlin did when he was asked about USC. But hey, it's all about leverage. It's all about leverage, and I think it's just a matter of time before one of these colleges load up the truck with even more money, Chris, to attract someone who's not at the high end of the NFL salary food chain for coaching. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you there. It seems like it certainly could could go in that direction, and, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with what Kyler Murray said right there. Like, man... Why would you want to leave that team right now, Arizona? They finally got it right where you want it. I mean, you got it right where you want it. You got a nice, like, infusion of young talent with some veteran stars, and you got your damn quarterback for a while. Woo, I wouldn't want to leave Arizona right now. I would not. Why, leave? Let somebody else come in there and dominate the NFL? That would be not good. So uh, I would be shocked if he did leave because it's, it's finally set up to make a run here. Uh, that's for sure. All right, fill in the blank time. The most shocking coaching move we've ever seen in the NFL was what? And I'll go first because sure. for me, the, the, you know, I, I th- and I, you and I both struggled with this because there are so many. Well, call me by surprise. This is one we didn't prepare for. So yeah, I, I've got Barry Switzer, and I, you know, we forget about it because he won a Super Bowl, but this is a guy who hadn't coached for five years when Jerry Jones moved on from Jimmy Johnson. And basically called Barry Switzer immediately, said, come interview, and he hired him. So, uh, and, and I remember everybody thinking, what, what in the world, what's, what's going on here? And be, it just, it's a testament to how good the team was that Jimmy Johnson had put together in Dallas, that they were able to still be a dominant team for a couple of years and win a Super Bowl with Barry Switzer. That's how good the team was that Jimmy Johnson built, Chris. Yeah, no, that was uh, – I mean, really, that whole scenario was crazy. Jimmy Johnson leaving, I, was, I can still remember being shocked about that. And then, yeah, you're right, Barry Switzer out of left field, and they were. I mean, geez. And, then, you know – and even that, it lost an NFC Championship game, won a Super Bowl, an NFC Championship game against that great 49ers team. Whoa, spotted them a 21-point lead to start the game and came roaring back. And I still think that was P.I. on Deion Sanders against Michael Irving that they should have called, and that game might have been different. They were. That was the freakiest team ever. My dad always says it's the most talented team he ever played, that Cowboys of 92, 93 in that era. Um, you know, I don't I, – 
I think the one I'll go with, again, I'm sure there's other ones out here that I'm going to be, when we're done with the segment, I'm going to be like, oh, I should have thought of that. But Belichick's one-day coaching spree with the New York Jets, I think, is the one that, that rings true the most to me. You know, you know, just, again, you thought up here in New York, Bill Parcells, yes, he's going to hand the keys over to Belichick, and there they go. And, of course, the press conference, the resigning from the Jets, right, on the napkin, didn't he write it on the napkin or and all that? Uh, I think that will go down, you know, as, as the one that's maybe the most shocking or craziest uh, that I've seen. I resign as HC of the NYJ. He actually was coach of the Jets for a very brief period of time. He now coaches the Patriots and has done that ever since the 2000 season. The Patriots will win their seventh in a row on Monday night against the Bills if they what, Chris? Ooh, I, I think one thing I'll look at there is just – Make a handful handful of plays in the pass game. I think that's where I'll look at it to say, you know, not that they need to throw for 300 yards, but, you know, I, I got to think Buffalo going to really try to load the box, stop the run. You know, they're going to be worried about that. When you've seen Buffalo lose this year, you know, the Titans, the Colts, those games, they got a little overpowered in the run game. And, you know, that, that to me is something I guess I'll say that jumps out to me. If they just have a, a solid pass game, make a few pass plays there, I think they can uh, go into Buffalo and upset them. Or is that home? I'll say if they yeah. – that is in Buffalo, Buffalo Monday right. night. Yep. A hell of a game. I'll say that they can win the game, and I think they are going to win the game. Sorry, Bills fans, but I just feel like it's moving in that direction. Maybe I'll be wrong. Wouldn't be the first time this morning, frankly. But uh, I, if they can bait the Bills into trying to run the ball, because we've we've criticized the Bills, you know, you know how Bill yeah. Belichick is. Take away what you do best. They're gonna right. they're gonna try to clamp down on that passing game. Take away Stephon Diggs, frustrate Stephon Diggs, get after Josh Allen, and just dare them to try to run the ball and then shut down the run when they do. I think that that's the path to success for Belichick and company. I won't disagree. It's gonna be interesting. I mean, these are the kind of games that I look at where again, I I still think Buffalo could, you know, be a player here, and you know they're they're not as dominant as maybe we thought they were, but it's still a really good defense. Now it stinks. They lost Tredavious white. That hurts them a lot. It does. Uh, Josh Allen is still special, but like when you look at, you know, games like this, where it just, again, I'll go back to it. Like if they can, if there, if there's a sense of, Oh no, we can get overpowered in the run game. And to me, this is why the Titans and the Colts beat them. And you just have enough of a passing game it's just a little too much for them to defend, and that's where I think the Patriots can really pose some problems for them. And you're right. The other side of the ball, that's going to be interesting to see. The Patriots' defense is awesome, and the Bills can't run the ball very well, and it's going to take a special effort, I think, from the Buffalo offense to, to move the ball consistently on New England. On Sunday Night Football, the Chiefs host the Broncos. The Broncos have lost 11 in a row to Kansas City. Denver will end their 11-game losing streak to the Chiefs if they what, Chris? If Teddy Bridgewater in the pass game, you know, make some explosive plays. They're going to have some one I don't mean to go the same answer that I just said, but I, I want to say explosive plays. Like, because the Chiefs are going to play man-to-man right now. They're going to load the box and stop the run. That's what they've been doing. It's kind of the resurgence of their defense here. You know, they're, they're ultra-aggressive, in-your-face, here we go. You know, we're not going to give you anything easy. You're not going to pick apart our zone defenses. To me, it's going to be about Teddy Ridge Bridgewater pushing the ball down the field a little bit to some of those weapons. Can they do that? 
uh, because I do think Denver has got a great pass defense, and they can slow down the Chiefs' passing game. They they can. But, you know, slowing down the Chiefs, you know, I, I don't know. After a bye week with Andy Reid, slowing them down might be still 24 points. You know, the Chiefs were very close before the bye week of getting it really going on the offensive side of the ball here. So let's see if they can stop doing dumb crap, right, dropping balls. You know, Mahomes, he seemed to have settled in. Uh, but, you know, some of the turnovers they had in that Dallas game, they were, they were ready to put Dallas away and moving the ball, and they kind of just messed it up. So I think that's the thing that jumps out to me, Bridgewater making explosive plays. My first thought when I saw this one was they just can't. They just don't bother. Like the, the only way they win is if the Chiefs go to the wrong stadium. I, it's just it all sets up for the Chiefs. Sunday night, home game, coming off the bye week, two weeks to get ready for it. The Broncos, I believe, are overachieving at six and five, and I do appreciate the fact that their fans are starting to get a little bit of an attitude because they've won some games. Hey, good for you. You know, you beat the Chargers who are up and down, but let's not let's not go nuts here. Beat the Chiefs, and then you can crow. But I just I just think it's going to be too hard to do. I, I, I it's it's going to be too hard to do, and I agree with you. It's got to be Teddy Bridgewater stepping up and reaching a higher level of performance than we're used to seeing from him. Although, although his numbers this year have been good, and I think yeah. there's some apples-to-apples apples comparisons you can make to Patrick Mahomes and say, mm, but statistically, Teddy may be having a better year than uh, one of the great quarterbacks of all time. But uh, I, I just it's, – I just – it's it's gonna it's gonna require Teddy Bridgewater to treat this as his long overdue coming out party and have a gigantic monster game and out Mahomes Mahomes in prime time. Yeah, that's how I look. I uh, I don't I don't disagree there. You know I don't. And they, we've seen the Chiefs. Uh, my, you know you know you said it all along, or you kind of called it, and then it kind of happened. The AFC kind of fell apart and let Kansas City hang around. And I feel like we're sitting here now, and I'm going well. I mean, New England and Kansas City to me are playing the best football here. Like, watch out! I mean, here we go. It's it's the they're they're definitely one of the two top teams, you know, in the AFC. Not that it's by a huge margin, but uh, I think Kansas City has gotten out of their funk to where they're playing a little bit more clean football for sure. All right, the team that's about to heat up in the final stretch of the season is who, Chris? All right, there's two teams that jump out to me. And again, I'd like to tell the viewers these are things that we don't know about until the show starts here. So I'm, I'm kind of doing this on the fly. The Buccaneers are one that I look well, at. Well, they're things we could know about, but right. we choose not to look at the topics until the segment begins. Let's well, be yes. Fair. Well, I mean, the show starts at 7. I, I didn't, I didn't, yes, I don't know what to say. That's what they are. It's cool. I'm down with like going off the cuff here. All right. The Bucks are certainly one. You know, uh, again, didn't play their best last week, but still dangerous. Not totally healthy. You know, we talked about their secondary getting healthy and all of that. Uh, if they do that, I look at them still to be an elite football team. The other team I'm going to throw out there, and I don't think this is a shock to to you or anything, is hey, I, I look at the 49ers to continue this hot streak. I do. I think they got it going. Now I'm a little like, ah, oh, man, Fred Warner's hurt. You know, that stinks. Debo got hurt. You know, they got Dre Greenlaw back last week. I think he's hurt and out of the damn lineup again. So that stinks, but I do think they got a mojo and a little confidence. And, and like the Chiefs, have stopped doing dumb crap, too, that kind of hurt themselves, you know, early on in the football season. Even the Cardinals game, they lost 31-17. to Move the ball in the Cardinals, you know. Dumb interceptions, Ayuk fumbles, Kittle fumbled. Uh, they just they they were kind of had that disease, and I think they've gotten that out of them there. 
We do need a challenge flag that we can literally throw because the Bucks have won two in a row. The 49ers have won three in a row. They're already heating up. Okay. This so is you... about to heat up. So here's mine. Here's mine. Okay, I got another one then too. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, let me, I blow the horn. Blow the horn for me. Oh. Blow the big purple horn because it's time for them to heat up because this is, this is the way it goes. Lions win. Short week against the Steelers coming off of a brutal physical game against the Ravens. Vikings at home on Thursday Night Football. Win. Trip to the Bears on Monday Night Football. Win. Eight and six. Everything's great. Here we go. Rams going to beat them. Packers going to beat them. Then it's eight and eight, and it's going into the last game against the Bears. You win, and maybe you make it in. You lose, and you don't. Nine and eight, eight and nine, purple purgatory. It's a movement. It's a happening, baby. That so yeah, they're about to heat up, and then they're going to cool down, and then it's all going to come down to week eighteen. That's the Vikings story. It's been preordained that that's what this is going to be. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you are the most confusing fan I've ever seen in my life. You really <laughs> I'm are. not a fan. Uh, I'm course. a realist. Sure. I'm sure a realist. It is unbelievable. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm not sure if you hate them or love them, and I'm dead serious. It is really hard. It is, you're the craziest fan I've ever seen in my life. You are a fan. Stop denying it. Um, all right, so if you want me just to go truly to a team that, you know, you know I'm a, I'm a believer in, I want to say the Cincinnati Bengals for what I've seen from them. I do. Uh, I, I know they won last week, uh, and they've won two in a row as well. But I, I, they have a very tough schedule. It's the only reason I say I'm like a little hesitant to say it. But, man, the way they've run the ball, you know, the defense is playing good. Burrow and company are going to make a few plays in the pass game every week. they got a good short passing game. they got some good receive, receiver screens and stuff they do. And then, you know, Zach Taylor seems to dial up a one-on-one -on -one shot or one deep, two or three deep shots every game. You know, I guess Cincinnati would be that team that I would look at, but they're in their schedule is no not no cupcake, that's for sure. They have really come out of their bye week strong, winning two in a row. We'll see yeah. if they can get to three in a row this weekend with the Chargers coming to town. Uh all right. Is it the Chargers? It is the Chargers. It is the Chargers, yeah. It is Cincinnati. right. All right. Let's uh let's take a break. When we return, some quarterback injury updates. More PFT Live coming at you right after this. Is there a chance, Daniel, to play Sunday? Uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm going through the week preparing to play and, and, uh, and getting myself ready to play, listening to the trainers and doctors, and, and my job is to, to be ready to play, so I'll go through the week like I always do. As I said last night on PFTPM, the guy's got a strained neck. Stand in front of him, you're going to ask him a question, so he doesn't have to constantly turn his head. I mean, come on, the guy's got a Seriously. strained neck, Chris. Seriously. <laughs> Made me feel better, though, about his chances to play once I saw him do That's that. I was true. like, it doesn't look That's that strained. True. He's all right. Get out there. He's able to Chris. turn his head. Let's go. What's wrong with you? I mean, if you got a strained neck, you got to be wearing one of those neck braces to really convince us that you've got an injury. Yeah, right, right. I know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. He's faking it. No, I mean, uh, hey, I hope he can play. I certainly can. We'll see if they can, like, build on the win from last week. You know me. I'm rooting hard for the Giants, 100%. And this is a week you, you don't want to miss your starting quarterback. You don't. Not against this Dolphins defense right now. They are smoking red hot. I mean smoking. 
They really are. They're one of the more fun watches in football on the defensive side of the ball right now. Byron Jones and Xavier Howard allow them and the rest of their secondary, Javon Holland, Eric Rowe, the other safety who was once an ex-corner, man, they can play man-to-man and do all these crazy things with the other seven guys. And if you don't have a quarterback you know, that can direct traffic and know where to go and get the offensive line going to the right place, ooh, can they pose some headaches for you? And that's why the game fell out of favor quickly for Carolina last week because they didn't have enough answers for what, you know, Miami was doing. So Jones is preparing to play with the neck injury. As of yesterday morning, it looked like it was definitely going to be Mike Glennon. Now it may yeah, be Jones right. up in the division. Jalen Hurts, who had the ankle injury against the Giants on Sunday, he was limited in practice on Wednesday. He says he's ready to go for Sunday against the Jets. Eagles need to get that one, Chris, to get back into the conversation that they were in until they lost to the Giants. Yeah, two straight weeks. Got to go up to MetLife. You know, that's that's always kind of interesting. Different crowd for sure. Um, but, yeah, they need him. They need him to be able to move and run. That's the key to their football team right now. You know, their offensive line's overpowering like we've talked about. They got the run game going. And then the added element of worrying about Jalen Hurts even, you know, exemplifies the rest of the running game and makes them special. And, of course, compromises defense to where, you know, when we saw them win, it makes you play man-to-man and they get shots down the field against, you know, some of the, with some of those fast receivers. You know, that, that game, if he can't run real well, that, that could get dicey there. That really could, in my opinion. So uh, they need his, his leg to, to have that threat of running. It was five weeks ago tonight, five weeks already, that we last saw Kyler Murray play that great Jeez. Thursday night game against the Packers where the helmet's coming up Aaron Rodgers' head and the chin straps against his nose and the A.J. Green didn't turn back for the ball at the end of the game. Murray injured his ankle the next-to-last play of that game. He practiced – on Wednesday, he hasn't played since that game five weeks ago. They were off last week. The hope is that he'll be able to play at Chicago. DeAndre Hopkins returned to practice on Wednesday. Good news for the Cardinals. By the way, the Cardinals have won six road games by 10 or more points. They can become the first team in league history to win eight road games. That's amazing. By double digits. It's never happened before. It's amazing. It could happen this year. And they've got remaining road games. They have nine this year. The NFC teams have nine. The AFC teams have eight. They've got Bears, Lions, and Cowboys as their remaining road games. Yeah, those, that's a sign of a great team. I mean, that, that's what that is. I mean, period. You know, and the fact that you can go on the road, Seattle, San Francisco, and with Colt McCoy and still win those football games, I mean – Hey, there's no doubt. Arizona's real. Both sides of the football. This is, and I'm excited. I want to see Kyler Murray back. You know, it, it's a Bears defense that's, you know, good but not great. It's banged up a little bit, um, but yeah, it, it, it's this is just the right time. Hopefully, he's a hundred percent. They can get their mojo going and and really create some positive momentum going into the playoffs. And it could be Kyler Murray against Justin Fields at Soldier Field on Sunday. Fields returned to practice. He's got the rib injury that knocked him out of the Thanksgiving game one week ago today. Andy Dalton took the first team reps, however, so we'll see how the rest of the week transpires. Let's go ahead and take a break, though, because it's matchup draft time for week 13. We'll do that when this Thursday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Yesterday, Monday, was my mom's birthday, rest in peace, and my son decided to um, 
commit um, to, the, to the college. He had 19 Division I offers and he decided to go to University of Tennessee and we are ecstatic about it, very excited. He's worked extremely hard and um, there he is looking just like his mom. So I'm, I'm extremely proud of him. The last year and a half, he's put in a lot of work and um, I'm just extremely proud, proud dad. This, this is incredible, Rod. This is just incredible. Look at this photo on the screen right here, too. This is this the exact yeah. day that he was born as we take you back. What's it like looking at that picture today? You know what, man? It's, it's really warming because um, he told me that he said the reason why I wanted to, he said the reason why I wanted to commit on Granny's birthday is because she would always tell me that you're going to be successful, that you're going to be great. Just keep working hard, and that was something that he held near and dear to him, and he had a good relationship with my mom. That's great stuff, Rodney Harrison's son, Christian. Damn. I, I remember when he was running around the studio. I mean, God, I already feel old. Good Lord. 19 offers, and he picked Tennessee. Now, does that mean he's going to switch from Tennessee to Texas at some point, Chris? <laughs> he picked that fake UT team, huh? He picked that team? He didn't pick <laughs> the real <is>. UT. <laughs> what the fake wow? There it is. Yeah, there it is. Look That's at that. Right. Hat didn't even fit me. Had a cut of slit in it. That should have been my sign right there that I shouldn't be going there. The hat doesn't even fit. How the hell can I go there? Um no, but in all seriousness, um, that, like, what a special moment, really. You know, uh, good thing he does look like his mom, but I hope he hits like his dad. That's what I'll say. And uh, it really is. What a, what a special thing. Uh, congratulations to Christian. That's really awesome. Congratulations to Rodney. You know, Rodney, uh, I enjoyed my time working with him. I know he's a good dad. I mean, damn, yeah, you know, Rodney's – He's, I'm sure, strict, and this is how you do things, and that, that's why he worked in New England so well. Um, so really awesome, and, and I'll root for the Tennessee Volunteers now just because he's there. All right, matchup draft week 13. Chris, you're up. Okay, Monday night football. It's Diggs versus J.C. Jackson. Yeah, I can't wait to see that matchup. You know, the broader picture, just the passing offense, Brian Dayball, Josh Allen versus the Belichicks and the awesome passing defense of the Patriots. But, yeah, I would think we're going to see J.C. Jackson manned up on Diggs a number of times through the game. And, you know, for, for my money, too, I mean, again, I think J.C. Jackson has hit the stratosphere of Jalen Ramsey-type corner where he is – one of the two or three best in the game, hands down. I don't think there's any denying it, and that's the one I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see a Buffalo what they can do at all on the uh, on the offensive side of the ball versus, versus New England D. I love a good coaching matchup, and look, we've been talking about this game all week because we don't know what we're going to get from the Steelers, but Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh, they've been facing each other twice per year since 2008 when Harbaugh became the Ravens coach. Tomlin arrived in Pittsburgh a year earlier, throwing a couple of playoff games along the way. This is as intense of a rivalry between coaches as it gets, and they know each other well. They know their styles well. It's going to be a great matchup of coaches. The the team on one side of the ball, not as good as it's been in the past, but I, as I said earlier, that goes out the window for this one. No, you're right. It, it's, it's like it's just personal between you know these teams, these coaches who both got an edge, who probably like really in their heart of hearts want to get in midfield and fight every coach they play too. They're like, let's let's fight first on the emblem in the middle of the field, and then we'll let the team play the game. I mean, that's what kind of guys they are. So that adds to the, the chippiness of the matchup. Uh, that's a good one by you. I like that. Uh, I think the next one I'm going to go – I'm, I'm going to go a coaching matchup too. I'm going to go Fangio versus Reed. Uh, it's a, this is a big one. I, you know, again, I, 
Denver has shown the ability to give Kansas City and their offense some issues in the Vic Fangio era. Then, of course, we know Andy Reid and all the talk about how awesome he is off of a bye week. It looks like the Chiefs were going in this direction and, you know, close to getting back to what we're ex- we expect of them. Uh, but this Denver defense, not great in the run game stopping that, but extremely talented in the secondary. I mean, good safe, two good safeties, good corners, and I, I, I'm excited to see what Andy Reid's got in store for Vic Fangio and, and vice versa. I'm going to go with another coaching matchup half of the equation. The other half is the entire organization. Jack Del Rio, the Washington football team defensive coordinator against the Raiders. Because it wasn't all that long ago, grand scheme of things, that he just got thrown overboard. The only coach that has taken the Raiders to the postseason since 2002 is Jack Del Rio. Late in the 2017 season, Mark Davis and John Gruden got together and they worked it all out. And Gruden... Del Rio represented by the same agent. That still rubs still me the weird, wrong way four right, years later. Right. And Del Rio is just kind of the innocent bystander caught in all this. He's thrown overboard. Well, they haven't been great since Del Rio's gone. And that's got to give him something extra this week as he's putting that defense together. We said the other night how that defense has improved. Is it some Ron Rivera helping out Jack Del Rio, getting a little more complicated in the coverages and the systems and the schemes? He's going to love nothing more than to stick it to the Raiders. And he knows Derek Carr. He coached Derek Carr. So I'm really looking forward to that one because, look, we got two teams that are on the cusp of the playoff conversation. Whoever wins this one's going to get a nice boost, and Del Rio is going to want it badly, Chris. Let's go ahead and take a break. We're running out of time. Round three of the matchup draft when this Thursday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. All right, we're back. Round three of the matchup draft. Before we get to it, though, we got to say happy 38th birthday to your favorite quarterback of all time, yep. including your father, Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he is. The, he's the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. That's that's what I always say. I, I, there's nobody I'd rather watch, and I, I truly think he's, you know, the greatest. I do. I don't think I've ever seen anybody play the position better, and that's, of course, that's no disrespect. I, Brady, Peyton Manning. You know, Dan Marino, they're right there close in that conversation. There's no doubt about it. But you give me one, I'm going Rodgers, uh, even despite some of the craziness around him as of late. Yeah, I tell you what, he would be very well. I know he loves his platforms and he loves to talk. I wrote this yesterday. Kind of like when Ben Roethlisberger stopped doing radio in Pittsburgh every week. Yeah. Something that you may want to look in the mirror and say, is this really helping my post-football prospects by being quite so candid with my beliefs? Anyway, uh, you're yeah. up round three of the matchup draft. Yeah, no no doubt. And I th- I do think he's turned some people off with, with some of his actions. Um, all right. I'm going to go, you know, to my favorite team in football, the G-Men. Uh, yeah. It's the Giants O-line and Daniel Jones versus this Dolphins crazy blitz stuff. You know, can they handle it? You know, can they have a plan? I'm interested to see. I mean, the Giants aren't out of this. The Dolphins aren't out of this. The Dolphins are hot. You know, but what I am waiting to see is the team that has the right plan. And then if you got a dangerous receiver, you want to do all these crazy blitzes, you get the ball to Kadarius Tony, and now he's one on one with Xavier Howard with some space. Ooh, that might scare the Dolphins. I just, I'm excited to see what the plan of approach is or if they can handle it or not handle it at all. 
This may be the only time we mention this game this weekend because Jaguars at Rams has nothing on the surface that would create any interest whatsoever. But it's Jalen Ramsey getting a crack at the Jaguars. And I say that even more because Urban Meyer, who really would be well served to understand the rules, he came out yesterday and said he wishes that Jalen Ramsey was on his team. Well, technically it's a tampering violation, but it really wouldn't matter because the last team that Jalen Ramsey would ever play for again is the Jaguars. But I still want to see what Ramsey has because he's going to have something for the Jaguars. He's going to have extra motivation, Chris. Uh, I, I would think so. Yeah, I would like to see Ramsey and company get a little more chippy on defense. You know, get a little of that edge back and start getting in people's face and talking crap a little bit. I know you don't want to get penalties, but, you know, he's been a little more subdued this year. I like when he's got an edge about him. That's it for PFT Live. Check us out at 5 o'clock Eastern for the Joint Mega Picks podcast. We'll see you then. Have a great day. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.